Hello, hello. Welcome to the American Scouser podcast. I am your host, Chris, back on the duties again with the OG, Timuchin. How are you doing, dude? Uh, what's going on, man? It's all good. Uh, getting kind of hot down here. Uh, we have a special guest with us today. Um, last year's champion of the Fantasy League. Ola, how you doing, dude? Not bad, not bad. Hello, everyone. Uh, yeah, so Ola uh, won our Fantasy League, uh, the American Scouser Cup last year, and today's podcast, uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about the match the other day, and um, but concentrating mainly on the Fantasy League. Um, we have that set up, and going already, we have already about 30 people signed up. Um, yeah. There's prizes to be won, there's all sorts of crazy stuff to be done, so uh, we want to get more people signed up. Um, we'll have all the details on the website, I think they're up there now, aren't they, Timuchin? Uh, yeah, everything is uh, set to go in terms of the link and everything. And like you said, we already have people joining. I think people are kind of like, because you have to almost like make your team to join in. I found out myself. Yeah. And it's- so, and it's kind of, I think people are kind of waiting a week bit more before like, you know, like the rosters are a bit more finalized and stuff, which I can understand. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll get into that soon, but we're going to open up um, the Stuttgart game. Um, so, 3 0. Uh, yeah. Result. Um, I mean, in fairness, I think 3-0 is a good result considering the state of that pitch. My God, it was terrible. Um, and for an expansive team like us, preseason, getting the fitness up, uh, that, that's definitely going to be a good workout. Uh, Timuchin, what, what were your thoughts on the game? That was the thing. I mean, I was interested to kind of see, uh, to be honest, I was looking more forward to watching the second half than the first half in some ways. Uh, but then after seeing the first half, I was like, man, I don't even want to see the second half because I was more worried about somebody getting injured. I just, you know, it was kind of like good to see um, some of the kids and like our new left back and stuff like Costas and stuff. And, but like I say, at the same time, my main worry was like, I hope nobody gets injured, which kind of like affects how you kind of watch the game. And it's kind of hard to analyze and really nitpick on performances when the field is so freaking bad. I mean, there were literally clumps popping out all over the place and just good to kind of like you're saying, like get the get the run out there, uh, kick the ball around a little bit, no injuries, uh, get some practice, like live game experience kind of thing, and move on. So um, good overall. I mean, some decent performances, some questionable performances. Uh, but like I say, it's really hard to kind of like nitpick anybody's performance after seeing that field. Yeah, I mean, for me, the the standard for me was probably Curtis Jones. Um, I mean, the rest of the players, it was, it was pretty much what we expect from a lot of them um, because that's what we've been getting. And, and it was the younger players and the fringe players that I was looking forward to seeing. You know, I, I wanted to see Curtis and I was looking forward to seeing, you know, uh, Chimikas and, and um, you know, some of the newer players, Billy Kumateo and young Sepp getting the run, uh, Williams, all those guys. So um, obviously with Trent being injured, uh, Nigo got to start with the, let's say in parenthesis, sort of uh, the first team, um, you know, and he, he took that spot and, and, and did okay. Again, it was a tough pitch. It was hard to play on um, and it was hard to get that, that sort of smooth football going, but he did well. Curtis Jones had a phenomenal game, um, you know, setting up a goal for Bobby. Um, he, he looked really mm-hmm. dangerous um, and hopefully he can carry that into the season. Um, I, I, Ola, I mean, the, I, I'm sure you watched the game yourself. Um, anybody stickers yeah. for you? Yeah, um, the, the the young lad, the seventeen year old um, Billy Cometio. Yeah, he came on for like twenty something minutes. Uh, I had seen a picture earlier um, from, <laughs> from of them in training where he was standing next to Van Dyke, and it was the same height as Van Dyke, and he's just seventeen. <laughs> You're just like, wow, this guy's going to be a giant when 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 he's actually fully matured, you know. Oh. So he he came on, and I, I of course he played only twenty. 20 odd minutes so we shouldn't get carried away but he looks so <laughs> dominant so yeah. dominant in the air like he won a few headers um and he, he's left-footed so he, he was spraying the passes of course it's not like van dyke but you just think well if he's 17 and he's playing like this and maybe he can get club to be, to be honest club must have seen something to include him in the squad for the preseason because um we many people didn't hear about him until just recently, so they must have seen something to say. Okay, come with us. Let's 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 see how you you hang with the big boys. You know. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. You, you you definitely made a good point there. He looks very for a seventeen year old. The confidence mm. 
Um, oh, I yeah. mean, there, there was two. There was two corners where he was just he cleared. Yeah. One header, he yeah. almost he put in the in the other half, and I was yeah. like, whoa! <laughs> I, I was like, what are they like? I just literally see him go up, and the ball just flying out into the other half, and I was like, did he kick that with his head? Like, you know what I mean? Like, whoa! I mean, at, at 17 years old, and, and even those passes, I know a lot of those passes went went awry, um, went to, went to Stuttgart players and stuff. But the confidence to to come forward like that and and to to try and ping that ball, you know, 60 yards at 17 years old, you know, give him two years of, of doing that every single day with this team, and he will be. Um, I, I'm hope. I mean, touching wood, and I'm I'm hoping we're not going to blow him up off the base of one game, but. I mean, if he continues that that in that vein of form, um, he would happily be my number fourth choice behind Gomez and, and, and Matip, for sure. Yeah, I was going to say, because, I, I mean, one thing that's been, and we've only got to see the kid only two, three times, but it feels like Sepp is just not ready. Feels kind of mm-hmm. like almost like slow, a little awkward, more nervous than the others. It almost feels like. But I mm-hmm. think one thing that this, you know, coaching staff has done is, and that's why I think we see these young kids play with so much confidence and mostly like very freely is I think they realize that they're not going to win a spot because of their performance during the game. I think that yeah. spots in the squad or, you know, getting playing time is kind of earned more on the, when they're out to practice uh, rather than what they do out there. And that automatically helps you kind of like relax and just do your thing. Because this is just like the scrimmage we had in practice yesterday. Just kind of like do your thing regularly. And I think that really helps some of these younger kids. And yeah, I mean, that kid was a beast. Yeah. I mean, at one of those corner kids, I think it's the one you're talking about. He yeah. like jumped. And he, yeah. I mean, that's another thing. Like he's already huge. Yeah. And he's very athletic. I mean, he jumped like he was dunking. And yeah. <laughs> he was well above everybody else. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, let's hope he continues to develop. And I really still would like us to get a fourth center back sign. So we don't get stuck, you know, having to put Fabinho or somebody back there, but. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's the thing. The the talk now is sort of, we, we've had that game and, and blown off the cobwebs and we'll have Salzburg and, you know, it's Salzburg tomorrow, isn't it? Or is it Wednesday? Uh, tomorrow yeah. tomorrow yeah. for what Salzburg and, um, you know, again, we'll, we'll see a little bit more progression and, and we'll maybe see a little change up in the, the lineup to see how, players play together and who's fit, who's not, who who came through, you know, the Stuttgart game, you know, unscathed. Um, you know, obviously the new signing, uh, Chimikas, you know, got a, got the full second half and, and looked good. I mean, there's a, yeah. all the talk seems to be about Milner's words. Um, <laughs> I mean, like, here, here's the thing. You know, when you're, when you're in the heat of the game and things are happening, Milner went for the overlap. Um, Shemekis rightly cut inside because the defender was going with Milner and, and Milner was like, oh, for fuck's sake, Costas. Um, I mean, that, that, that's just part and parcel of the game. That's how people talk to each other. That's just the way it is. And, and because there's no crowd and because obviously they, they're not like NBC or CBS, they don't have the crowd noise going because it's just a friendly. Um, mm-hmm. You're hearing every single word. And, and I kind of like that. And I, and I mm-hmm. like that even in a friendly, Milner still you know, <laughs> getting on people's back and telling them, you know, come on the fuck, let's go, let's, let's get into them. You know, um, I, yeah. I like that. I love that. That's pure professionalism, you know, and, um, uh, and I standards, I standards. That's it, man. And Milner, you know, Milner is, you can say what you want. You were talking about, you know, people doing stuff on the pitch when it comes to the training pitch and what happens at Kirkby or Melbourne or anywhere that we're training. Um, you know, Milner's, Milner's the leading light in training. You know, even even though he's the old man, he's the guy that's beating everybody in the bleep test. He's the one that's running everybody else into the, into the ground. He's the one still running at the end of training when everybody else is dying for drinks and gasping for air. You know, so... Um, you just don't waste the old man's forward run, man. That's, that's what it boils down to. <laughs> when so the you old know how man much energy an overlap, you reward him for it. It's yeah. like a center going on a fast break in basketball. You get him the ball, you're going to yeah. reward that behavior. And I think, you know, we watch this team a lot and, you know, yeah. we almost know where the ball should go at this point because we watch yeah. him so much. And it felt like, yeah, that's where the ball should naturally go. And that's where the kid being new kind of shows where he kind of used 
Milner yep. is a decoy, but like I say, you don't use an old man making a forward run as a decoy. That's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, man. yeah. I, I yeah. like them. I, I like Jimmy Sorry, sorry. Um, because he, he did a, a good number of interviews, and he backs himself. He's already yeah. saying, "Look, I want to be in the first team." I, I know Robo Robo will probably be listening to that interview some somewhere saying, "Nah, nah, nah, you're not gonna get my spot." But he he backs himself. It's it's just like, "Look, I'm not coming here to play second fiddle to um, Andy Robertson. I'm coming here to try and get that left back spot off him." And fair play, as a squad, you need that. You need intensive yeah. competition for all the spots, and that's why I agree with Timo Shane when he was saying about the fourth centre back. Um, I know Nathaniel Phillips is back from Stuttgart. Ironically, he yeah, played against them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he looked decent when he played against Everton in the FA Cup. I, I know he was a bit nervous at the beginning, but I, I've not seen enough of him to categorically say he will be a good for choice. So you definitely need competition across all the spots. And at the moment, we have only three senior centre-backs. I don't really want to be seeing Fabinho there yeah, at centre-back. No, no. I don't want to be saying Fabinho there. As, as uh, much as he did a good job against Bayern Munich last year. Yeah, he um, did. He once did. once he in did. a blue moon is okay, but... Yeah. 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 The talk so, is... Oh, oh, go ahead, sir. No, no, I was just rounding up that. Yes. Um, th- so basically, that that's probably where we need to cover next, centre-back. And maybe if we're greedy, get another wide forward player and then we can go from there. Yeah, I think I, I had a conversation with uh, with a couple of my Knoxville guys this morning. We were we were sort of talking about Chelsea's transfers and mm-hmm. um, the money that they're spending. You know, there's talk of Thiago Silva coming in on a free, Kai Havertz for ninety or a hundred million. They've already brought in Zayek and Warner. Uh, Chilwell is about to sign for fifty million. And you know, uh, one of the guys had mentioned. Um, he said, "Are we going to be able to keep up with this?" with all the spending that teams are doing. And my first thought was, we don't need to. Mm-hmm. They're spending yeah. that They're spending that money to keep up with us. With us, yes. You know what I mean? So, you know, it's not that we have to go out and spend 90 million players. We don't need to do that. These teams need to do that to catch up to us. You know, 20 points ahead of the, you know, Chelsea were what, 30 points behind us? You know? Yeah, something um, like that. Yeah. You know, so, you know, they have to spend this money to try and compete. And that's not even a guarantee. You know, they went and broke a world record on a goalkeeper because we did it. And look how that turned out for them. You know, yep. um, Thiago Silva is 35 years old. Um, he was looking tired in the French League last season. He's not going to survive in the Premier League. None of the pace. Like, uh, as much as I love him as a player, like if it was five, six years ago, I'd have been, yeah. I'd have been worried. Yeah. Because Thiago Silva... Surprised. You know? I'm really surprised, Chris, that they're actually going for Thiago Silva at that age. You know, I'm really surprised because they let they let David um, David Luiz go, and he was 30, 32, 33 or whatever his age is. But you think they, they there can't be that many few good centre backs across the world? I know yeah. Thiago Silva is still good, but like you said, that was a French league, and this is the yeah. Premier League. It's, it's a different ball of ball game, and it's 35. I, how many years are you getting out of him? Maybe one or two years. Yeah. Look for somebody younger. Well, yeah. but Chelsea, it's not our problem. It's not our problem. Let <laughs> not us, a, let not us our do problem. One. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, my, my thing, I think for them, um, I, I had said last season, that if they could get themselves a command and center back, somebody that knows what they're doing, that can organize a defense, then, then they would do okay. But is Thiago Silva that man? No. Um, and, and that brings us back to our um, kind of nice little segue in the art transfer rumors. Uh, mm-hmm. Thiago Alacantara. Alcantara, Alcantara, Tiago. Um, <laughs> Tiago, Let's go with that. Um, I, I, I've been super impressed with him watching him with, with Bayern in the Champions League. Um, you know, it, it, his ability to switch the ball and, and move the ball quickly around the midfield is a big plus. And, and again, that talk brings us back to the Fabinho talk. If Tiago comes in, does Fabinho drop in? Is that makeshift fourth centre-back on the odd occasion? Do we play them as a two-man holding midfielders? You know, and change the the formation a bit, go like a four two three one or something like that. Um, I mean, I, I I would, I am not saying no to Thiago. I know he's a little bit older, um, and people have worries about his injuries and stuff. But I didn't see any of that this season. He he looks super strong. Um, he looks well up for it, and I, and I think he'd be 
a great asset uh, to join our midfield. Uh, to mention, what's your yeah, thoughts? I, mean, I think the ability to create from a defensive midfield position is golden. I mean, to yeah. be able to have that guy. I mean, I was mostly impressed with like how he can pass between the lines and stuff like that, which is going to be a skill that's very much needed, especially when we're home at Anfield and stuff. But yeah. I mean, I just hope it's not a scenario where, you know, Fab gets pushed back because that just reminds me of City this year. Like every time yeah. somebody says, oh, Fabinho can't fill in there. It's almost like, you know, Fernandinho. great words of Michael Scott. That's what she said. You know, they yeah. put Fernandinho. They were like, oh, Fernandinho can do that. And he ended up doing it the whole freaking year. And that, that defense was in shambles when they were going facing like Connors. Um, yeah. My only concern is I think, you know, it kind of goes hand in hand with obviously everything happening in Barcelona and stuff. It almost feels like if he's coming more than lucky, that means Genie is leaving. Uh, or he's not being signed to an extension, which I remember, man, we talked about this like two, three months ago in a pod. Yeah. And, you know, we you know, felt like he would be the one that would be the first to leave this yeah. group. And I don't know if I want to do that trade-off. I'm really torn on that. Like if they said yeah. today, because, I mean, I was actually talking to in a Facebook group yesterday. I mean, how FSG or Michael Edwards would it be to sell Genie to Barcelona for 40 and then go get... Tiago for 25. Yeah. And then, you know, like kind of like do a swap rule. Even if it's not now, maybe half those prices come January and stuff like that. So both clubs, I feel like Bayern and us are in the same boat. Uh, the boat we're in with Genie, they're in the same boat with Tiago. Like they don't want to let the guy go. The guy is valuable, but they want to get something for him when the contract is up in a year kind of thing. So, I mean, yeah, I, I think he's great. It will be great to have him in there. I would hope that it would be like a two defensive midfielder set up, like you're saying, more like a four, two, three, one or something like that. Yeah. Um, but I think that, would, which is fine. I think that would just mean, I think they have to sell, uh, you know, non-homegrown player to be able to make yeah. a spot for him, which we have players that we can move uh, to be able to do that. So, like I say, I, he's very impressed with the watch, that's for sure. And you can kind of see him being able to fit in. Will we spend the money or are the rumors even true? I know like Melissa Reddy had a post that kind of almost like gives some validity to our interest. You would think now that the Champions League finals are over, these next two, three days would be the time to find out. Yeah, I would say so, and I, and I think it's probably give give the player a chance to settle down, uh, have a little break because I mean our, our season's already up and running, and, and he needs a little rest. Um, so I, I, we're probably not going to hear anything for a week or so, but I'm sure we'll be seeing it in the press every day. Um, I, a little birdie, <laughs> a little birdie told me this morning. Actually, um, speaking of centre backs. Um, Central def defensive midfielders. Um, the word that we're having a look at Ayer, uh, A J E R Ayer from Celtic. Um, who actually he signed for Celtic as a he's a big gangly Greek looking character. Um, they signed him as a center, uh, like an attacking midfielder, I want to say. Um, but he dropped back playing more defensively and in the center half role. Um, so that that's an interesting one. If if that's if there's any validity to that, that that probably. Could be your your first choice centre back coming in there, um, and he can play obviously in a range of positions. And we know Klopp likes his utility players, so um, yeah, yeah it, it, it would make a lot of sense bringing that type that type of player in, and it, we'd probably get him at a very cheap price too. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously we've got Salzburg tomorrow. Um, I, I would probably say we'll see very similar, more of the same. We'll get another look at some of the players. Um, we'll probably hear some more about you know, possible rumors of transfers and things. Um, and and actually, players going out, we, we talked about Genie. Um, there's a lot of speculation around Divock at the minute. And um, yeah. he hasn't been at training and stuff. There's word that he was the one that tested positive for COVID. Um, wow. I'm, sure, I'm sure if that was true, we probably would have heard about it. Um, but he hasn't, he, been around, he hasn't been around the training pitch or anything, and he didn't play at the weekend. Um so it'll be interesting to see if he's around tomorrow. Um, if not, I think questions will be asked. Um, if it's if it's not COVID, where is he? Um, and it probably means he's been speaking with other clubs or, or, or things like that. I don't know. But for, in my head, if Brewster's staying, then um, Origi goes. But if uh, Brewster goes out on loan, then I say we keep Origi another year. Uh, yeah, what do you think, Ola? Yeah, um, I'm a big Divock fan, but... It, it, like you said, Brewster is, is the future now. Um, I think he has been 
shots changed a bit with um, Klopp playing him wide on the left. Yeah, which I just I just don't think he is a good fit for that position. Um, of course, Mane's standard is so high, so we're judging Origi against Mane when he plays from the left. But I, I guess Klopp is doing that for a reason because maybe he doesn't trust Divock enough to play him regularly in the central role. Even yeah. though when he, when, he, when he plays there, he scores quite a few goals. But his older players um, interlinking with other players, maybe it's not as good as Klopp wants. So maybe that's why he keeps pushing him out to the left. Um, yeah. yeah, right. If Brewster is staying, then, well, I just think we have to let Origi go. If, we, if Brewster is, we're going all in on Brewster and saying, okay, look, you have our future. You're, tw- you're 20, going to 21 years old now. Um, Origi has done all he can. He probably should get a statue <laughs> if, if, if we're going to go down that route. <laughs> but yeah, but, 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 but I, don't, I don't see his future. If the speculation is true, because that's, that's actually true. I've not seen him in many of the training videos or the pictures. So, yeah, yeah if, if something is going on there, then he has our best switches. And he scored a goal in his final game. So that would be a good way to sign off. Yeah, I wouldn't be. <laughs> against wouldn't New- <laughs> yeah, I guess Newcastle. So, yeah, um, I mean, there's not really a lot of news around, really. Um, we're, we're sort of like picking at stuff. But the real reason for this podcast, fantasy football. Um, we're coming back into the season and um, we, we wanted to do a little podcast to highlight uh, the fantasy football. Um, a lot of people um, are still a little confused in regards to how the fantasy football works. Um, Timish has yes. got his hand up. Um, <laughs> and, and I know it's a, it's a new process for a lot of people. Um, for me, um, the Barclays Premier League and the fantasy football and how that's been set up is how I've played fantasy football since I was a teenager. You know, um, when fantasy football became a thing, um, for soccer and, and this is the way it, it's kind of been for almost now 25 years there's been a few little adages here and there with you know the prices and, and your, your budget but basically so fantasy football it, it, it's similar to the fantasy football for the NFL um, where you draft in your players and you, you basically get points um, based on how they perform in games. So if they score goals, they get points. If, if it's a goalkeeper and they keep a clean sheet, they score points. If they save a penalty, they score points. Things like that. Um, the only difference, uh, massively difference, would be how teams are drafted. Um, but we, we'll get to that. Um, and that's why we have Ola here. Um, yep. Ola is here um, as the champion of, he is the American Scouser Cup champion from 2019. Um, check him out. You'll you'll see him commented um, throughout the uh, American Scouser and LFC America group. Uh, Ola Askarisk, Sapo. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I had to st- I had to stick the asterisks in there. It's my, my middle name. That's his middle two, name. Fing- two fingers up to all those guys who wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, avoid the league. <laughs> so, so he's the man to beat this year. Now, what we didn't know um, before this, and, and when we we reached out to Ola, uh, we found out that. He kind of does this for a living. So to speak. Um, so yeah, um, Ola's involved in, in, in Fantasy League pretty heavily and he's on, um, he writes about it and he's on a couple of podcasts and things. So uh, we yeah. decided to invite him on um, as our resident expert and champion. Um, and he's the man to beat this year. So um, we thought we'd get him on for a few tips and tricks and, uh, and how, to, how to do well on Fantasy League and, and, how to, and to teach Timuchin um, a little bit more, um, and anybody <laughs> else that wants to, please, yes. <laughs> so, don't worry, um, I've got you. So, we'll, we'll start with the fundamentals, Ola. Um, uh, you get a hundred million dollars, a hundred million pounds, hundred million yep. euros, whatever, whatever currency you want to put in your head, it's a hundred million, and mm-hmm. you have to buy 15 players. Yep, 15 players. Um, have, yeah, it's you have two, a maximum, maximum of three from each club. Yeah. So you can't buy more than three players from a specific club. Basically. Yeah, so, so this is where it becomes a battle of morals. Um, I, I remember <laughs> in my early, my early days of playing fantasy football, I would never, ever, ever have a Manchester United player in my team. Um, but that has changed over the years because the points become more important. Um, but yeah, continuing on, you can only have three players from each club. Um, which means you have five defenders, five midfielders. No. 
Um, two goalkeepers, two goalkeepers, and three forwards. Two goalkeepers and three forwards. So, um, and then you basically pick your eleven from that, um, and then you can pick whatever formation you want. Now, obviously, you have to have a minimum of three defenders. Um, yep. So you can't put like one and then all the strikers or whatever. But uh, we're going to talk about sort of um, just the simple rules of the game, and then any tips or tricks you have, Ola. Um, now. Okay. Usually, a lot of people will look at it, and um, you know, you'll get your scores and stuff, and the, and your worth from last year. So, we're going to start simply. Uh, Timuchin, I know you have a lot of questions. So oh man, we're, we're going to we're going to let you ask the questions, and and Ola and myself will will try to answer them as best as possible. And hopefully, these questions will make sense to you guys listening. Um, and again, if you guys have any questions about it. Feel free to drop it into, into the AmericanScouser.com uh, Facebook group or in the LFC America. Ask the questions. Tag Ola, tag myself. You can tag Tim if you want. You can yeah, you're not going to get an answer, but you can tag me. Yeah. You can send him <laughs> lots, of, lots and lots of private messages. He loves that. Um, and ask him lots of questions. Um, that's his favorite thing to do. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so, Tim, your first question. All right, yeah. I'll fill in for the fantasy idiots. Perfectly cast for that. So, I mean... I think most fans uh, in LFC American and stuff will be semi-familiar with the formats and, you know, like FanDuel does the same thing and stuff. So here are the, I guess, like the questions that pop into my head because I have the same bias situation, which, you know, I guess you're going to have to, I'm going to have to find a way to get past, but that's my <laughs> personal issue. So when you're drafting a team, uh, are there, I know, like, for example, for American football, you know, there are certain positions that's a bit more scarce for getting high points, like a running back and stuff like yeah. that. So mm-hmm. is there something like that uh, that you can recommend to people as they pick their team, which okay. line they should prioritize, what should they should spend the big bucks on in terms of, is it a forward, is it midfield, or is it like defense? I'll let you do that okay. one. Okay, okay uh, I'll take that. Um, well... Tim, I'm going to have to I'm going to have to break the bad news to you. You have to let go of your bias. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. If you want to excel in this game, I've played it for 13 years. Um, you, you you have to get Man City players. You would have to probably get United players, Everton players. <laughs> Everton players. You might do without Everton players. They're usually crap, so you might do without Everton players. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you have to let go of your bias. So you probably have to get a, play, a, a couple of players from United City because, they, like, in response to your question, those players will be some of the players who are going to get you a lot of points. And regarding position-wise, the reason why those players will be getting a lot of points is, um, for example, midfielders. Um, United have the new phenomenon, Fernandez, Bruno Fernandez, yeah. who was getting a lot of points and as a midfielder you might want to really get him in because I see United still getting many dodgy penalties in the coming season and it's yep. probably going to be scoring a lot of dodgy penalties so whatever you do and it's not too expensive I'm just checking for his price here so now direct response to your question you're saying some positions definitely get more points than some other positions it's true if you have a hundred million pound budget what I usually do is First of all, neglect getting a defensive midfielder because defensive midfielders don't score many goals. So like Fabino, for example, is yeah. a fantastic player in real life, but in fantasy football, Fabino is not going to score you many points because he doesn't score many goals. He doesn't have many assists. Yeah. So you, that, that's the bar straight away. Eliminate having to get um, defensive midfielders into your team from any team. What you're looking at for midfielders because they are usually the prizes because they score a lot of points. You look for midfielders who are going to score a lot of goals, who are going to have a lot of assists. And then you also look for midfielders who are actually not really midfielders. Like in fantasy football, Salah and Mane are classified as midfielders. Yeah. But we, we, we all know they're actually, they score a lot of points as forwards. So you're going to, of course, those, are, those guys are really expensive. This year, Salah is 12 million. So, um, Mane is 12 million. And we have Kevin De Bruyne, who is 11.5. So they're going to take a big chunk of your budget, but you know they're going to score a lot of goals. They're going to get a lot of assists, so they're going to get a lot of points. So position-wise, your budget should go to the top-scoring midfielders. Um, ideally, you might want to get a very pricey defender, um, which is what I do. My team last season, um, I named my team Trent, Trent Setters. 
because I knew I was going to put Trent, <laughs> Trent Alexander Arnold in from day one. It was expensive, but I knew I was not going to take him out. It was there from day one to, to the final day of the season, and he scored the highest number of points as a defender. Because, you know, Trent is going to score free kicks. It's going to take a lot of corner kicks. So those are the things you consider. Um, you're looking for value for the amount of money you're paying for that player. You're thinking, okay, if this guy is expensive, how many points is he going to score me over the season if he doesn't get injured? So I don't have to take him out. And um, in fantasy football terms, that's what they call the players you set and forget. So like yeah. you buy them and then you don't think of taking them out. <laughs> so set <laughs> and forget. So players like Mane, Salah, Trent, and Kevin De Bruyne, Sterling, yeah. you know, players like that. Um, sorry for the long answer, but I, I'm just trying to pinpoint to you if you're going to spend your money, those are the places you're going to look to spend the priciest, um, priciest prices, <laughs> the most expensive <laughs> prices. Basically, that's where you're going to look because you're going to think, okay, this guy is going to score me maybe 200 points over the season. I don't mind paying 12 million for him. I don't mind paying 7.5 million for him. Now, forwards, the forwards, the guys in the front. Sometimes you might get a good bargain. Like last season, Danny Ings yeah. was probably like 6.5 million to start off with. So there's sometimes you just have to do a bit of research, which is where a bit of research, I know it's a bit of a um, lucky game, a bit of luck is involved, but you actually have to do a lot of research. So this way you look at your statistics, like underlying stats, like what, how many shots does this guy take in the box? So you're not looking at the prices forward. Because sometimes you have to buy a forward player, a striker, who's maybe like seven million. But if you're doing your research, you look how many shots does it take per game? Is it getting shots on target? So, so you're trying to extrapolate that over a season to say, okay, probably it's probably going to score like 15 goals. And that's why someone like Danny Ings last season, um, he started off at 6.5, and this season, what is he? Is 8.5 this season? Of course, his price has gone up this season. But you have to look around and see, okay, I'm going to get one of the big eaters up front maybe for like 12 million but then you have to look for like cheaper prices for the forwards um the top tip i have right now the top tip i have for this season is Aubameyang, who for some reason was moved from forward to midfielder so Aubameyang is a midfielder yeah he's a midfielder in fantasy football this season so um if you're looking for a striker who's because the, the way it works is the midfielders score more points when they score goals. So if you're a forward player and you score a goal, you get four points. But if you're a midfielder and you score a goal, you get five points. Then midfielders also get a point if they keep a clean sheet. Yeah. So someone like Aubameyang, who is 12 million expensive, but Aubameyang is going to score a lot of goals. That's my top tip, my initial top tip for this season. Aubameyang, try to fit him in. I'm not sure mm-hmm. his fixtures are great because you have to look at his fixtures too. The yeah. first couple... First couple of fixtures, yeah. Okay, he has Fulham away and West Ham at home. So he probably will smash in a few goals there. Then he has Liverpool. So after that. It's interesting because they, they keep moving players from midfield to forward over the years. Yep. And they've done it a couple of times. And I've noticed um, as well, another striker they have um, as a midfielder is Mason Greenwood from Manchester United. Um, yeah. And he's a bargain at seven and a half million. So yeah. I mean that that kind of those those are the kind of signings that you're in for fantasy football um, are the perfect kind of thing. Like you're not going to sit down in the pub and as a Liverpool supporter and be you know screaming and shouting about how good Mason Greenwood is. But no. if he's in, but if he's in your but if he's in your fantasy team and he's scoring you points every week, well, you can sit there and you can kind of quietly gloat to yourself you know that you picked up a bargain <laughs> and that that's the thing it's usually i mean you were talking about you know defenders and midfielders are kind of the big big point scorers your strikers are going to score you points but only for mm-hmm. goals and assists yeah. really um the midfielders and the defenders are where you score all the big points um i have this thing where i try to sign as many fullbacks in the defensive positions as possible because they tend to score exactly. um they tend to score more points um, you look at someone like Trent, Andy Robertson, um, Chilwell, um, players like that, that that kind of have decent defenses, don't concede a lot of goals, but are also up there with the assists. And then also with Trent taking free kicks and corners, um, scoring goals as well. So he's going to, he can score points across the board. Um, uh, but then again, a lot of the big money defenders are central defenders. Um, and a lot of people are tempted to put in people like 
you know, no. uh, bully from like Wolves who will pop up with like five or six goals a season. And you think to yourself, well, that's a good return for a defender. But then put that against the goals he concedes and how many points he's actually conceding. Um, you're conceding by having him in your team and the off chance that he might score a goal for you. You know, so there, there's so many different variations and things. Um, goalkeepers is a good one as well. Um, that's a, a position we haven't touched on. Um, yeah. They have their own point scoring system. Um, you know, they, they have the clean sheet system. They can also get you an assist, um, but they also get points for uh, the amount of saves they make. Uh, they also get points for saving penalties. Um, so, you know... Um, the last two seasons, I've actually had Rui Patricio from Wolves as my goalkeeper. Um, and the last season pass was okay. The 2019 season, he was amazing. Um, yeah. I think he was one of the highest scoring goalkeepers. Um, simply because he just well, he was just amazing. Wolves were great um, and were giving everybody a game. But he, he was, you know, the difference a lot of the time for them in that season. This year, he wasn't as good. Um, this year, that court of mantle was taken on by Nick Pope. Who was yeah, it's the, still it's still finished top five though. Um, Patricio still finished the top five. Yeah, so yeah, like I mean, even then he's still top five, uh, as you said, and um, you know, so the the goalkeeper is, it can be an important part for you. Um, they, they can score you some big big points um, if you get the right guy in there, and it, and it doesn't have to be, you know, Ederson or Becker or one of the guys that are keeping you know thirteen fourteen clean sheets a season. You know, it, it, it can be you know, these, these cheaper goalkeepers you can get from the lower league clubs because they're facing more shots, they're making more saves. Um, so they're having more work to do. So it's all there. But yeah, I mean, once you've got your two goalkeepers, your defenders, all your midfielders, everything else, that's you set for the season. Um, and you're, you're looking to make your strongest 11. Timuchin, you have another question. Yeah, so let's say I'm able to beat my bias. <laughs> and then I go through and, you know, a lot of good points over there, actually. Like, I, you guys both have things that I would have never thought of just being more new to this. But one thing I ran into uh, beginning of last season when I was like, okay, I'm going to do this fantasy football thing, and I picked a team. And, man, when I look back now, I had a pretty good team. I had, like, like Allison and goal. I had uh, Vardy. I had Aubameyang. I, I had, like, a bunch of, like, good players. But what happened was, like, Ali went out. And then I totally forgot to change my lineup and everything. And then when I went back to change my lineup, it wasn't as easy as, you know, going back to like American football, like something like FanDuel, where almost like every week you're just picking a new team anyway. Yeah. So once you say, I mean, how married are you to the lineup you choose now as you sign up? Is it just a matter of the guy's values fluctuating? So you sell them and then you buy a new one or is kind of like, is there kind of a penalty in terms of constantly switching your guys? So you get, um, you get one free transfer a week. Okay. So every, every week, if you have a player that's really not cutting it and you want to get rid of him, you have to get rid of him. You get rid of him and you can bring in another player, but it has to be a player of equal value. Okay. Um, so, you know, if, if you sell a midfielder for 7 million, you have to buy a midfielder for 7 million or less. Okay. Unless you have money left over in the bank, you know, um, obviously if okay. you didn't spend your whole hundred million and your players will, will create um, as they score points, they, they get more valuable and you'll notice your team will grow in value. So if you spend your hundred million and then your three strikers start the week off scoring hat tricks, you'll look at your, the value of your team next week and it'll be hundred and one million because your players' values went up. And when you sell them, you, that's how you recoup. But you also, um, like you said about being married to your team, uh, once, a se- or once or twice a season, depending on how they do it, they give you a wild card. Mm-hmm. Um, and the wild card basically allows you to change your whole team once. Okay. So you, you, can, you can change two players or you can change 12. Um, but as long as you stay within your, uh, your budget, um, you're allowed to use that. There also, um, there's one, um, we'll get the bonus cards later actually because um, that'll be too confusing for now. But yeah, mainly what you're looking for is week in, week out, you can make one free transfer. Now, if you want to make more than one transfer, they'll deduct your points. So say you have two or three players, say you have two players that, you know, 
touch wood, one of them ends up with a, a cruciate ligament damage and he's out for the season. You're not going to have him in your team anymore. You want to get rid of him. And you have another player who's not on form, hasn't really been getting on the team, and you want to get rid of them both. So you use your free transfer for one. And then if you change another one, you get deducted four points for every extra transfer you make. Ah, and that's where I got stuck. I was like too greedy with my points. They already sucked. So I was like, I'm not giving away more points and probably yeah. dug myself a hole. So let me ask this. So it's a matter of, it's almost like a stock market where, you know, people's values are constantly fluctuating yeah. based on what they're doing and stuff. So exactly. is there, does the bench affect it? So do I, can I just get a guy, almost stash him on my bench because he's going to start or I feel like his value is going to go up Okay, so let's do this scenario right here. Probably getting it too complicated, but still. So I have an 11. I'm happy with the 11. But then, you know, somebody gets injured and his backup is going to get a chance. And I'm like, man, this guy's value is going to go up. I use my free transfer to get him at, let's say, 4 million or whatever, thinking, you know, in two, three weeks, he's going to get regular playing time. He's going to go up to 11 and stuff. So I guess my question is, does the bench affect your scoring or is it just the 11 that you start that you get your points off of? It's just the eleven. Okay. So, so but, I can't stash people on the bench. Well, that that actually that actually leads us in. So your bench are basically there as as a backup. So say you've picked your eleven. It's Friday afternoon. Um, you know the deadline's coming up for you to change your team. Uh, you've changed your team, and then it comes to Saturday, and you see Aguero isn't playing. You're like, oh for fuck's sake. My big, my big point scorers. You're, you've got a striker on the bench or you've got another player on the bench, uh, basically, who will take his position in the lineup. Uh, so if he doesn't play, one of the bench players then gets drafted into his position or the position that he would normally play and you would get the points on that. Um, I think what you're saying about um, bringing the value up of a player, um, you're not really looking um, to get value um, because it's not... I, I don't know about Yola, but in, in my head... Yeah. There's, there's not a lot of um I've had I've had yeah. arguments I've had ag- arguments with people um based on this before. Um yeah. now where the, where the value comes into it. Um Chris, you, you raised the point earlier about um maybe when the wild card when the wild yeah. card the first when the wild card where you can use to swap out all the players in your team. Um team value is a bit um crucial in that in that sense, maybe because by that time your team value has increased enough for you to get in some players. So yeah, maybe like an extra 0.2 million, extra 0.3 million based on your players who have increased in value. But some people get so fixated on value, they forget that this game is actually about winning points. So I I always tell people, the thing is in fantasy football, they also have, I think, prizes for most valuable teams. So some people go into this competition trying to win that prize while getting the most valuable team. But those kind of people, they're not chasing points. They just want their team to increase in value. And usually you can't win a league by just chasing value. Oh, I want my player to be more valuable. I want to keep um, buying players who are going to get more value. But you have to think of players who are actually going to score you points. Yeah. So that's, I try to let people know that, that don't get too fixated on value. Sometimes it's good, yeah, to have a player whose value has increased so much that you don't have to, like maybe when you sell him, you can make a profit back. Yes, you can make a profit back. But where is that profit going to? Is that profit going to help you buy another player who's going to score you points consistently? Yeah. So that's what the focus should be on. Um, so I, I, I've had, I've had like, um, debates with people in other, in other groups or other leagues before who tend to fix, fix it on value. Um, over over a point, but at the end of the day, the person who scores the most points wins, not not the most valuable team. It's just exactly. that some people just go into the competition because you see on the home page when the season starts, they'll be like, "Oh, these are the top five most valuable teams from different managers," and I think they get a price at the end of the season. So some people just go to do that. They just like, "Okay, I, I want to get the most valuable." But those kind of players don't end up getting up in the top top one thousand, you know. <laughs> Because they're just buying players. They're not thinking of who's going to score them points. And that's not the purpose of the game. You know, well, yeah. but for some people it is. Yeah, but m- most people go into this trying to score the most points. Yeah. And that, that, I think that's the, the bottom line in it all is for this competition, if you want to win the prizes, you have to score the points. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it, it's, you know, it depends on what type of league you're in. Obviously, the American Scholarship Cup is based on points. That's it. 
Um, I mean, we'll, we'll have a few little prizes here and there for manager of the month and, and things like that. Um, but as far as sort of value goes, I, I think it's one of those things that, that it's, that's more of an American fantasy football thing um, in my mind because there's a lot more drafting and trading involved with that game. Um, whereas, you know, the, the Barclays Premier Fantasy League is, for me, is about getting as many points as possible. So I want, I don't care what a player costs. If he scores me points, he's going in my team. Okay. So let me, I I think, and this is probably the biggest difference for uh, most fans in the U S that normally play American, you know, American football fantasy or baseball fantasy, NBA, whatever, but these specialty cards slash positions in terms of being a captain and stuff like that because those really do not exist in in none of the other leagues and that's where i think where people like you automatically have a leg up so spit out the spit out the secrets so we can get on the same playing field over here and we'll probably have like i mean uh like a frequently asked questions kind of thing because i'm sure like these pop into my head based on the fact that you know i played fantasy sports before i'm sure people who've never touched fantasy sports will probably have even more questions but i'm mostly thinking of like differences compared to you know fantasy sports in the u.s and that whole the captain and all that kind of stuff is definitely a new concept. So well, it's a what super, am I facing there? It's super simple. Um, basically, for the you, cap- yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I, just to explain it, uh, the captain doubles that player's points. It's as simple as that. So basically you're going to look at your players, your first 11 and say, I, I give you this example the other day um, to mention, I hope it makes sense. Um, example, if you had Luis Suarez in your team and you're going to play Norwich, you're going to captain Luis Suarez. He has a history of scoring lots of goals against Norwich. You know, um, I, I can't think of any players at the minute in our current squad that are known for Sa- scoring. Salah against um, uh, Bournemouth. Uh, uh, Bournemouth. Bournemouth, yeah. But yeah. Bournemouth is gone. Watford is also gone. Oh, Salah is going to miss them. Yeah, so, um, so yeah, that, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for... Um, those those matchups and those games where uh, there's a potential for a player to score a lot of points. I mean, um, a, a tactic I used a lot last season was captain and Trent, uh, basically because there was a good chance he was getting a clean sheet, and there was a really strong chance that he was getting an assist or a goal during Ooh, that game. Interesting, crazy, so, interesting. So yeah, wait, you guys can give each other tips. <laughs> No, 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 because because I don't agree with that strategy. That's why. That's why I'm saying interested. Uh, you know, it works for some people. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm the kind of person I get scared that my defenders won't keep enough clean sheets. So I, 98 percent of the time, I will say I've, I don't think I've captained the defender more than twice or three times in 13 years. I okay. never captain defenders. I never captain defenders. I just can't do it. And my heart can't take it. <laughs> I, I, just, I, just, I just feel they'll consider goal and I'll be like, oh no, even if they score or if they get an assist, they'll consider goal and that's, that's just going to rub me up the wrong way. So I just never do it. So that's why I said it's interesting. Some people do it and it works for them, but I just never go down that route. I, I always have my captain as um, a midfielder or forward. Um, okay. Some people have their captain as a goalkeeper sometimes because they know that the goalkeeper will have a clean sheet and maybe make a few saves. And that yeah. gets them extra points. So some people do it. It's it's not like it's wrong. It's just like it's something I would never do. <laughs> That's what I'm just saying. <laughs> and on another note, um, there, there's also you have to pick a vice captain, uh, and the role of the vice captain is, is basically nothing unless um, your captain doesn't play. So if you pick a player and you make him captain and he doesn't get selected, uh, the person you pick as vice captain uh, becomes your 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 captain so to speak but they only make one one and a half times the points they don't double the points they oh no they do oh they do make double it used to be it was only one and a half oh no they do make the so like if your captain didn't play let's say okay maybe salah was your captain and he didn't play and then on on your uh, the next person who was your vice captain is money um whatever money scores in that game it gets double the points oh yes, okay okay now that's yeah. changed they're not it never used to be yeah, like they, they've changed yeah the, uh, the vice <laughs> captain gets the same number of points that the captain should have gotten that's uh, good so it's know. a bit important it's uh, when you're picking your team for the week um team you have to that's that's why you look through the fixture so this, this thing it's like a building it's a, they are building blocks to this to uh, to enjoy fantasy football so 
sometimes you, you look at a block of fixtures. Um, what some people do is you look at three, three sets of fixtures in advance. So if you are going to have a team, like, like let's say from week one, now Liverpool is playing Leeds and we're playing Chelsea and we're playing Arsenal. So for, the, for example, some people will say, oh, Liverpool have two tough fixtures there. So maybe I shouldn't go big and buy too many Liverpool players. Maybe I shouldn't buy three Liverpool players because the first three fixtures look a bit tough. So that means Liverpool players might not score many points. So what you're doing in essence is you're, you're forecasting and then you're looking at the fixtures for other teams and you're looking at, that, like I was saying, um, Aubameyang, I've looked at his first three fixtures. I thought, oh, okay, he has two easy games, then he has Liverpool. And then you're, okay, maybe I'm going to buy that fella and I'm going to captain him. Because you're not just thinking of buying him, you're thinking of, oh, he has easy fixtures, so he's likely to score against these teams. So that will be my captain for the next two weeks. So you're forecasting in that way. So th that way you're planning. Of course, Aubameyang might pick up an injury in the first game and then doesn't play the second game or the third game. So that's where the luck sometimes comes into it. But a bit of planning and a bit of research also comes into it because you're trying to forecast three, four fixtures ahead and you're trying to think of what your team will be. And the reason for doing that is so that you don't have to keep buying players. Like you're asking about transfers because some people, what happens is some people get frustrated so much. After one set of games, maybe their team performed so badly, then they just get angry and just sell four players and then they lose 12 points. Because, you know, when, when, when you're making transfers, more than one free transfer, you get docked four points. So if you're buying four players, I'm you're getting docked 12 points. So some people get frustrated so much because, oh, my team performed so badly this week, I'm going to just throw five players out of the team and get the new five players who are hot. But sometimes you just have to be a bit patient, wait it out. Maybe the following game week, you might see maybe your team will do better. And then if they don't, then you can maybe just... Because what happens with free transfer, um, Chris was saying, we have a free transfer each week, but if you don't use your free transfer, you get an additional one from the following week. So in essence, you have two free transfers for the third week in advance. I don't know if I explained it properly. So like in week one, if you have a free transfer and you didn't use it, and in week two, then that means you have two free transfers because you did not use your free transfer from week one. Yeah. But the, the game is made in a way in which you don't have more than two free transfers yeah. ever. So it's, there's right. a limit on it. So you cannot get more than two free transfers. But that's what they call rolling over your transfer. And that way you can do a mini surgery on your team without costing yourself too many points. Because some people just get reckless and just make four transfers because they're so hungry. And then they cost <laughs> themselves like 12 points and 15 points. And at the end of the day, that doesn't do you too much good. You can do it maybe once or twice a season. But if you're doing it regularly, you're not going to do too well because you're costing yourself too many points, making too many transfers. Yeah, I mean, so that makes a lot more sense. I thought it was, I'll be honest, I thought it was a lot more complicated when you first look at it. So it's a lot more similar to, like I say, apart from like a couple of things in terms of being able to change players and stuff, it, it is a lot more like basic in that sense. I, I mean, to me, like any fantasy sports kind of like makes, I'm like a junkie for the game. I'll watch it anyway, but this also just almost like gives you one more initiative to watch I don't know, Burnley play Villa on a Sunday morning <laughs> exactly. coffee, uh, because you have a guy playing out there. So, I mean, that's probably like the additional bonus of it. But yeah, the bias part is the one that I will probably struggle with more. But if you want to win, you almost have to get rid of that because obviously you got to pick from. I noticed uh, we were talking with Steven in the last podcast that, you know, I don't have it as much for the American football, mainly because I probably didn't, you know, I've been here like and been involved with American football like a little over like 20 years. So maybe I haven't built that much hatred towards a lot of teams, whereas I have a lot more history in the Premier League. <laughs> so I have built a lot more hatred towards certain teams that I'm like, man, I do not want to have somebody from United. I do not want to have someone from City. I don't want anything to do with Lampard. Whatever the, you know, whatever the situation <laughs> might be. But yeah, to be able to win, you almost have to look the other way and pick a couple of guys and just be smart about it. Well, uh, Ola actually mentioned the uh, uh, Bruno Fernandez. Um, I brought Fernandez in really quickly last year uh, when he scored that for on his on his debut. I was like, I'm going to bring him in and just just even maybe going to have a run of three or four games where he's going to score a couple of goals for them everybody's going to love him and, and then it'll die off towards the end of the season. So I brought him in and he kept scoring points and they were getting penalties and getting penalties and getting penalties. And I was like, <laughs> I got him super cheap. I, I don't want to take him out. 
you know, and I didn't take him out for the rest of the season and he ended up scoring a lot of points. But I, 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 that's one of the things um, I have fallen foul of um, over the years and, and speaking on the transfer thing is where you have a, a, a super valuable player, the likes of a, an Aguero, a Kane, um, an Obama Yang, a Salah that are all up around the 12, 13, 14 million mark. Um, and they have a, a bad of run. They, they have two or three games where they don't play so well. And you're thinking, well, they're taking up lots of space on my team and they cost me a lot of money. I could get some better players in my midfield or my attack for that kind of money. So I'll go and I'll sell the 12 million player and say an 8 million midfielder and then I'll buy two 10 million players. But, and, and Ola actually just mentioned and it just triggered it in my head that I'm thinking... Well, I'm losing points. I've lost four points straight away. So the player that has to come in has to score a goal straight away just to make up those points. You know, it, it, it kind of starting to make more sense in my head now. Um, Are you learning from this now I'm, too? I'm learning. <laughs> uh, hey, I'm learning. Um, that's a bad thing. Um, no, um, but, that's the thing. but that's the thing. It's kind of like you said, you spend 12 million on, on Harry Kane. He's going to score you 20 goals a season. Yes, he's going to go through a period where he score, he has three or four games where he doesn't score a goal. But it's like that, that you were saying about those are the type of players that you buy at the start of the season and they're set. You don't sell them because you know they're going, to, they're going to deliver eventually. So don't be me. Don't be tempted to sell that big money player um, because you think you're going to make more points off these other players that had a good week last week. And your player didn't because what's going to happen is what happens to me is next week, your player is going to bang in a hat trick against Southampton and the two players you're bought aren't even going to start. Yeah. You know, so um, yeah, there, there, there's so much in it. I mean, it's, it, it's literally a game of prediction. Um, there's a lot of luck involved. Um, a lot of luck involved. Um but there is also a skill to it as well. And, and it's a game that is a lot of fun. Um, I mean, it, it's kind of, aside from watching Liverpool every week, the football season revolves around fantasy football um, and Liverpool for me. So I, I have my mates. I've, I'm in a couple of different leagues with a, with a few different groups. And we're constantly back and forward talking about fantasy football um, because it, it, it's part and parcel of watching the Premier League. And, I, and as Dimitrin said, it's a reason to, to get up on Sunday morning and watch Aston Villa v Burnley. Um, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, I mean, I watch football, you know. Um, well, I watch most football. But um, when it comes to Premier League, I try to watch all the games. And again, that comes into the, the, the fantasy thing. Because, you, again, like you look at last season, you got players like Pope, uh, Nick Cantwell. Um, uh, yeah. Michael Antonio is a good one at West Ham. Um, they're players that... that um, they aren't necessarily, you know, De Bruyne or Salah and hitting the headlines every week, but they're quietly in the background doing the work and just gathering, you know, um, assists and goals and clean sheets. And you're not even realizing because they play for West Ham or they play for Burnley. Like Nick Pope was the surprise for me at the end of the season when everybody's like, Nick Pope's up for for the Golden Glove. And I'm like, what? Burnley, <laughs> a Burnley goalkeeper's up for Golden Glove? Um, yeah. And they were like... That messed me up. And they were that like ninth in the league. Yeah, they're ninth yeah. in the league or something as well. So it again, the goalkeepers can make such a difference. You know, it doesn't have to be the big guy. You know, so um, yeah. I mean, to mention, I'm sure you've got more questions on your little list there. Oh, I mean, we've, honestly, we've five it's a matter left. of more like, looking at the rosters now, and I think kind of like making decisions. I, I think like this kind of like covers my main questions in terms of like the differences it has compared to, you know, playing like fantasy football with like the NFL and stuff like that. So it's just a matter of beating the bias, kind of like doing some research. I mean, we're so involved in watching the premier league and watching Liverpool and stuff. I think it's a lot of research. It's more like playing the prediction game and thinking, I bet you this guy will score against, you know, Fulham or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so just, and that's where probably luck comes in because you're going to predict it. Is it going to pay off with luck? Uh, so I think it's just <laughs> a matter of that, but yeah, I think it'll be fun. I mean, we'll have all our throughout the year, give us some pointers so that we can hopefully keep up with them. Yeah. Uh, maybe we'll get another winner out of this year. We're going to have the prizes and stuff like that. So I'm kind of looking forward to it, really. I mean, I, I personally learned a lot today. I'm sure most of the listeners who are kind of like new to this concept did, and then we'll do like a frequently asked, 
ask questions too. We still have like a couple of weeks, obviously, before the season starts, so yeah. that as people get questions in, so we can get as many teams as in before the season starts. Yeah, definitely. And and Ola, we'll, we'll definitely have to get you back on um, throughout the season. Excuse me, throughout no the season. Ahead, um, definitely, just to, to keep an eye on the league and to see if anybody can keep up with you. Uh, um, I I, I, it doesn't work it doesn't work like that every time <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, uh, sadly yeah but yeah like I said um, check out Uh all the details for the Fantasy League is on there uh, links to our league uh, codes I think we have a direct link um, sign yep. up thing there uh, if that doesn't work um, there's a, a code and everything else for you to put in there um, and, and you don't have to be a Liverpool fan either if you've got friends that like Fantasy League get them in we want as many people in this as possible. We, we want it to be fun. We want it, you know, we like that rivalry as well. Um, uh, we'll, we'll talk about it on the podcast from week to week as well. And, and obviously, um, we'll get Ola back on um, to give us some updates throughout the season on players that are um, maybe little sleepers or, or people that are um, yeah. making moves and things like that. And um, some ideas for people. And, and keeping an eye on, on the league as well to see if there's anybody that's that's running away with it, um, that are doing anything sort of specific with their team. Because I noticed last year, um, one of the leagues I was in, there was a guy, um, he didn't spend over $9 million on a player, and he finished third. Oh. In our, he, he finished third in our league. Wow. Yeah, that's so um, he didn't have De Bruyne, he didn't have Salah, um, uh, or Mane. I, I just remembered it was all like lower league club players, and it was, yeah, it, it was ridiculous to watch it because I was looking at his team and I was like how is he scoring so many points every week yeah yeah I had I had somebody like that I was in a league um, a paid a paid entry league um, it was just called Fool's Gold and the guy who beat me I was in second place but yeah it's similar to what you're saying Chris he, he didn't spend too much on big eaters and I kept looking at his team like how oh, does this guy keep getting points yeah. <laughs> you know he, he was so shrewd he spread his money out and I think he does a lot of research and that, that's why a bit of research also helps but um, the main thing, like you guys also mentioned, watching the games help because some people do research and get too hung up on the stats. They get yeah. too hung up on, on, oh, I want to look at all the statistics. But there's something they call in fantasy football, the eye test. The yeah. eye test. Look at what your eyes are telling you. Watch the games because stats don't tell you everything. It's exactly. football. football. Football cannot be explained by statistics all the way. You have to watch with your own eyes. So that, that's, that's why it's crucial, like you said, watch the games, as many games as you can, because sometimes you can pick up stuff by yourself. You don't even have to do too much research because you can just see, oh, that player is good. He looks like a good player. I'll put him in my team for next week. And yeah, yeah it might just work. You that's know, it, so, man. You can look at the stats. You could, you could look at a player like John again and say, hey, he, uh, he only has a 75% pass percentage so mm-hmm. he only he only makes three out of four passes but here's the thing uh once or twice a game he's he will assist he will be involved yeah. in the build-up to a goal um so yeah. he, he's a high point he's a highest point scoring player with really crappy stats mm-hmm. you know um so there's lot there's lots of those type of players out there and again it is about watching those those games and watching you know oh a drama adama Traore was a good example as well um, yeah. you know, it, it's nobody was really talking about him until Christmas, and then all of a sudden, he, he's the most wanted player in the Premier League. Um, <laughs> you know, so it, it, it's little things like that. So, yeah, it's just about watching the games. If you're not into watching the games, you, you can you can do it by luck. I mean, you can just try your best and go, Well, he seems like a decent player, and he seems like a decent player, and you can throw it all together and just hope for the best. Um, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, this is a, this is all a lot of fun. For us, this yeah. one's for fun. There's no entry fee. I, I know guys that play games. There's $100,000, $500 buy-ins. Um, mm. Crazy, crazy stuff. Um, I mean, I play in a couple of money games, but I don't spend any more than 20 bucks. Um, <laughs> you know, because I don't have that kind of money to lose. Um, so, I mean, I don't have 20 bucks to lose. So, <laughs> I mean, that's a risk. Um, but, yeah, I mean... This one's a lot of fun. We're going to be giving out prizes throughout the season. Um, we have a trophy, um, which we'll, we'll reveal later in the season. Um, but yeah, we're going to have manager of the month, um, all those sort of things. So watch out. Uh, we've got lots of new merch up on the store, uh, which leads me nicely into that. Um, lots of new stuff on the store. Check that out, Um Our Shopify, we have all sorts from kid stuff to... Uh, yeah everybody's covered we've got aprons we've got t-shirts we've got hats we've got 
bras, we've got leggings, we've, we've got it all. You can get it all there, americanscouser.com. Uh, don't forget, you can get involved in the conversation at LFC America on Facebook. Uh, give us also a follow on Facebook, americanscouser.com. Um, all the happenings on Instagram and Twitter, at americanscouserblog. And, and yeah, if you want to get involved in the fantasy football, um, check through our socials, check up on the website. It's all there. The links are there. Uh, myself, Ola, and Tim are all signed up, uh, as well as the rest of the American Scouser crew. So even if you just want to have a go at us, um, I think I want to say myself and Jamie last season were kind of jumping above each other back and forward. Um, so I'll be going head to head with him again this year. Um, and we'll have him in chatting a bit more on, on the podcast too. Um, Ola, thanks for joining us, dude. Um, we appreciate your time. Um, congratulations on last year's win. And, ah, well. uh, and uh, hopefully this year you can maybe retain the title. Uh, we'll see. And uh, I'll, be, I'll be putting up um, articles on americanscouser.com. Um, I also write for footyfantasy.com, but I'll be putting tips. So people should go to your website to see the tips I'll be putting up because now the people are trying to get up their squad, their squad set up. So I'll give you tips on how to set up your squad. Don't, don't get too excited because there's still two weeks to go. So yeah. you still have a lot of time. Don't rush in. Don't rush in. You still have a lot of time to set up your squad. I'll be trying some tips on there for you guys. So thank you very much for having me on. That's thank awesome, you. Man. That's awesome. Yeah, to mention anything else before we go? Uh, no, man. Just looking forward to tomorrow. Probably like similar to what we had over the weekend. And then uh, the serious games are looming. It's weird because it feels like it just ended and it's starting again, which yeah. I'll take it. So bring <laughs> yeah. it on. I'm about it. That, that, that whole summer break when we don't have, have football is usually the most mer- miserable time in my life. Um, and sometimes we get lucky with the Euros or a World Cup and that takes yeah. up a bit of July. But, um, but it's been... It, because of the break we had and just going straight through into it, it's it's all coming up really, really quickly, but not at the same time. And I just love the fact that there has been no break in football all summer. Mm. So we're just going through next week, Charity Shield. Week after that, we've got the league starting again. So we'll be back uh, with our regular uh, weekly podcasts, um, previews and, and after game stuff. And we'll also be talking about the Fantasy League every week. So don't forget to join in on that. Um, and yeah, as usual, turn in, tune in, cop out the American Scouser podcast. We'll never walk away.